the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. One of the things I was hearing during the commercial break, and again, I'll give a little recap before I get into the things that I'm hearing. Uh, the S&P 500 is in record territory. The Nasdaq's in record territory. The Dow a little bit off today. The Russell 2000 a little bit off. So what's been working all year is working today. Growth, mega cap, what's not working, financials, value, small companies. And it's that kind of simple. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. One of the things I was hearing during the commercial break was a commercial. Lo and behold, a commercial on a radio show, right? And this one was for Dell. And Dell is one of those companies that buys a lot of commercials. And they'll say, hey, we'll take whatever you got. We just want coverage and don't charge us a lot because we're not going to say we want to be in the drive time. We want to be in the number one show. We want to be, we want the, to be called the Dell Studios. Dell should be doing better than they are as a stock. Everyone needs a new computer. I feel like we need a new computer every three years. Maybe four. Maybe I'm showing you my privilege in life because I'm like every three. But with many home workers and home students, it seems like we need one or two more. I tried to boot up an old laptop and it just wouldn't go. It was a MacBook Pro that it would get 98% loaded and then it would just quit. I was like, okay, I was hoping to pull off some Zoom calls on that. Because there's, hey, has anyone got a free camera right now? You know cameras are still sold out at Best Buy? What, what, what? <laughs> Printers sold out. It's nuts out there that this is still going on six months after our lockdown started. Consumer demand is surging for monitors, mice, docking station, cameras, headsets, routers, laptops. And it seems to be uh, in a pretty good position. I tried to order a computer from Dell yesterday, and they said mid to late October. I'm like, no! Instant gratification man needs it right now. But that made me think, business must be good. You'd think HP and Dell um, would be rocking it right now with their stocks. HP is the world's largest laptop seller, just ahead of Lenovo. Dell's third. Dell and HP are going to report earnings for the July quarter. Thursday, and that may be your last chance before there's a pop, or they're going to tell us why there's been no pop. Both companies are expected to report impressive PC sales. There's a company called IDC, and they track a lot of um, sales data. They upped their estimates on 2020 PC unit sales to up 3.2% from down 9.4%. Through the years, we've gone, we don't need PCs. We have this phone, dun da da da. Ah, an app would shine a special light on it called the Our Poop Don't Stink Light. 
And you go, yes, I could do more with my phone than I can with a computer now. Because it is a supercomputer, right? A couple of years ago, there were stories that uh, Saddam Hussein was trying to <laughs> run his nuclear weapon network through Sony PlayStation computers. Tells you that they are, there are some computer angles to them other than just playing video games. But it was like, why didn't you just go out and buy a Dell? Remember the Dell spokesman? It's got to be a Dell, dude. And then the poor dude got caught smoking marijuana and Dell couldn't use them anymore. Apple in the June quarter posted a 21.6% jump in Mac sales. 31% increase in iPad sales. Um, for the record, try not to send your kids to school on an iPad. I know, I know, I'm giving parenting advice, I shouldn't. But they say the bigger the screen, the more real the experience. Just throwing it out there. Um, so HP and Dell, will strong PC sales be enough? Or do they have other pressing issues? Again, before COVID hit, PC sales were supposed to be down 9.4% year over year. Dell, last time I checked, doesn't really have a phone. Dell, last time I checked, doesn't really have what Apple has in services, nor does HP. So we already know that HP saw strong PC demand in the April quarter, so it's going to be time to tell the truth. And I love that kind of time on Wall Street. Every 90 days, we get an earnings season. Um, Credit Suisse, the one analyst who I'm seeing talk about this issue, uh, is analyst named Matthew Cabral said that the coming flurry of July quarter earnings reports from enterprise computing companies generally, he's cautious on. Because Dell and HP does a lot of business in your office. Apple does more business in your home. Does that mean that Dell and HP didn't sell more computers at home? No, it did. they did okay. But in the world of computers, you gotta look at Cisco and Seagate and Western Digital and Intel. And what product do you have out there and what product do you not? AMD, NVIDIA. I tried to buy an NVIDIA card yesterday. Can't get the high end, can't get the second, can't get the third, can't get the fourth, can't get the fifth. I can get the sixth best card that they sell. Demand's pretty high right now. Thankfully, I can go with a low end because they're going to be coming out with a new chip set on September 1st, which next Monday. How fast does that chipset start to sell? I don't know. But for the short term, I wanted to spend more money. I had to spend less money. Otherwise, I had to wait till late October to get my goods. So I'd say Dell and HP, their exposure to enterprise probably hurting them. As your corporation, I don't know, I've worked for a couple big corporations and they were always Dell houses or Dell machines. And that's, I'm not working for a big corporation right now where I have a Dell machine on my desk, and if I do, it's been sitting there collecting dust. I do start back up on TV on Monday, 9.15, Cron Channel 4. I'll cut and slice the video into my Facebook Cron page or my Facebook I Hate Rob Black page. Why do I have a website on Facebook called I Hate Rob Black? Very simple. Um, it takes the power away from bullies. I once saw someone say that they wanted to pop my eyeballs out and do horrible things with my skull. And my girlfriend at the time saw that and she's like, uh, some people hate you. I know. I used to be a little bit more cocky and a little bit more arrogant. I'd say things like Sun Microsystems is going to go to zero. I happen to be right, but people who owned houses worked there and they were mad at me. 
I once said the slightest little negative about Ken Fisher, and the dude calls me. He didn't threaten me, but anytime a billionaire calls you, you know that he could have uh, Frito rub you out. And then now you're saying, Frito, is that a, a mobster reference or is that a Chris Cuomo reference? Which one is it? And no, in no way, shape, or form, I'm a disparaging Ken Fisher. Right? What I said probably should have been filtered a little bit more before it went on air, but I still agree with what I said. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So the stories are starting to normalize a little bit. Now there's still the stories out there about Moderna coming up with a vaccine and it seems to be tolerated well in seniors. That's an important one. A lot of seniors go get the flu shot twice in a year. Um, flus are seriously important, uh, seriously deadly to seniors. And until you're a senior, you probably don't want to think about that because we don't like thinking about death. Apple has a new floating store that's shaped like a giant sphere. It's pretty cool. It's in Singapore and it's on the water. Um, so it's got a unique dome, dome design. That's not the easiest thing to say. Dome design. So it floats in the water. It's been reclosing multiple stores due to the spike in COVID-19 cases Apple has. It's kind of cool. And it's kind of nice that we're talking about things like that, right? It's a little bit of a departure from the doom and gloom that we've been running into for such a, a long run. Um, where we get away from. I just did a story about women under the age of 45 uh, are dominating the financial discussions in their family, which is great. Be more inclusive. Nintendo is planning to roll out an upgraded Switch console in major games next year. Uh, they just got Nintendo Switches back at various uh, electronic retailers. It's been six months. So Nintendo's got a game on. I still would like to see Apple acquire Nintendo. That makes a lot of sense to me. The super high quality focus of Nintendo, the, the young person appeal of Nintendo, but I'm not Nintendo and I can't agree to a marriage for them. I'm also not Apple. I can't say what they're going to do internally. But the way Apple's handled Epic, uh, and the way Epic has handled Apple, this guy named Tim Sweeney who runs Epic. And 10 years ago, he made waves suing Microsoft for being anti-competitive. Today, he's making waves again for suing Apple for being anti-competitive. Apple's opening its online store next month in India. It's first in the fast-growing smartphone market. I throw that one out there because Indians typically don't have $1,400 to throw down on a phone their capital spending per capita isn't what the United States has as far as discretionary money to throw around. So does that mean next year Apple's going to give up on expensive phones? Probably not. They're going to start selling phones and everything with Apple's is already moving in this direction with the word pro. So if you get an iMac pro, an iPad pro, it's going to be the premium priced version, right? So Apple looks at India and they're like, there's billions of people in this country. If we get them all to spend a dollar online through a service, 
Maybe it's phone backup. I don't know. That would move Apple stock price. For them to open up their first store. Now, again, I just talked about them opening up a store in Singapore that's floating. A lot of Apple news today, right? Um, anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I just brought up Tim Sweeney from the billionaire founder of Epic Games, where he's making a career out of crusading against Apple or big tech companies like Microsoft. That legal battle continued yesterday with the iPhone maker Apple winning an early court victory and defeating Epic's efforts to restore Fortnite on the App Store. This is big in large part because right now, Epic's about to launch something that they don't want to share 30% of with Apple. And it's a little bit dramatic. Speaking of dramatic, holy mackerel, Palantir Technologies filed a direct listing yesterday. There is, they're trying to get to the market while well, the market's healthy. There's a company called Snowflake. There's a company called Asana. There's a company called DoorDash, all filing to go public. Some of them you probably know. Some of them you probably don't know. But Airbnb also has filed to come public, and their bookings have fallen 90%. Typically not the best time to come public. If I teach you one thing today, it's that the IPO market has been incredibly controlled, and they tend to borrow money from the private sector, and they tend to ramp up spending. The revenues look great, and they come public, and then they're never going to be that great again. That's the idea. So Airbnb looked like it might have got wiped out by COVID. It was close. And now they're going to make one of the biggest debuts six months, nine months after COVID or during COVID or through COVID. Airbnb was at a peak valuation with billions in cash on hand, plans to go public. Um, Then they started letting go of employees, giving employees ways to cash out of the company after spending years of working for a company that they knew they were going to get a big payday on Wall Street. During the onset of the pandemic, the CEO would come on CNBC or Bloomberg. Bookings had already started to decline. CEO was kissing the company's $31 billion valuation. Bye-bye. As it flies off into the sunset. Um, But June brought a sign of a comeback as travelers road tripping to local vacation rentals. I looked into one. They were sold out. They weren't sold out. It was tough to get late summer. Airbnb reported a $400 million adjusted loss in the second quarter. Why would they come public? Well, because they can. Time check. Um, Early Airbnb employees, investors, have been waiting more than a decade to cash out. This is a company that's been around a long time. Companies like Silver Lake and Sixth Street Partners have thrown a lot of money in waiting to cash the register on the IPO on the way out. So there's complications right now. Short-term rentals are being shut down. But you're also seeing stories where short-term rentals are having parties being thrown at them. And you're like, oh, no. I think the worst Airbnb story I heard was that someone rented their apartment in New York and a porn studio came in and literally tore out some walls, like putting in their lighting. And you're like, I thought you were a five-star guest. Airbnb is a recognizable name. That's the best thing that they got going for them right now, because right now it's not a great time for them. But when I say Coca-Cola, you know what I'm talking about. When I say Apple, you know what I'm talking about. When I say Airbnb, you know what I'm talking about. That's a good brand. So maybe they come out at a discount and maybe 
We'll see. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Tech is surging. Banks are falling. Growth is rising. Value is dropping. Big companies are thriving. Small ones are struggling. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare to see if we can add a little bit of color to my oversimplification of 2020. Mr. O'Hare is with Briefing.com. I've worked with them for 20 years. I've used their product for 20 years. It's solid. It's good information domestically and internationally about markets and economies around the world. Solid. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I think um, we can conclude our interview because you just summed things up perfectly. <laughs> good to be with you again. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because even like my producer brought up, I bet after the stock split, Apple goes even higher. And I'm like, well, historically, back when you and I talked in the early 2000s, stocks would run up to their stock split and pull back. But we are oversimplifying everything. But how are you standing on the current markets and what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, as, as an analyst who's fundamentally oriented, um, huh? You know, I can I can some somehow reconcile the move we've seen um, just given how low interest rates are here. Uh, but at the same time, um, as someone with you know twenty three years of experience who kind of cut his teeth on the dot com boom and bust, uh, you know it does concern me that this market kind of you know a lot of participants are approaching it as more sport than trade, uh, and I don't mean trade as in just trading stocks, I mean trade as a real profession. So, um, you know, and you get some uh, funny money moves that really just have, you know, not as much fundamental justification, but in, a, in an environment when you have rates as low as they are, and a Federal Reserve that's telling you that they're not gonna raise rates, you know, for years, um, there's always a way to kind of frame a, quote, fundamental argument or justification for why a stock is moving and priking in, you know, certain earnings growth that's going to materialize five years from now. Right. <laughs> so um, it's, it's a peculiar period. All right. Uh, but there's a lot of momentum in this market and uh, it's a liquidity driven trade that's oriented around story stocks and thematic investing. One of the stories that hit yesterday was the addition of Salesforce.com to replace ExxonMobil. And I was like, changing the guards. We used to be a country that was a farming country. And that's why we say non-farm payrolls. Um, changing the guard, do you see, is it a bad idea to kick out an oil company to replace it with a software company? Or, or did you kind of like that decision? Uh, just kicking out Pfizer to replace it with uh, a biotech company seems like it's not the worst idea, but uh, change always freaks me out. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I mean, with the Dow Jones Industrial Average, um, you know, you get these changes periodically, right? Um, frankly, I don't look at it really as, quote, the market, you know. Um, look at things in, in terms of the S&P 500 uh, primarily when, when discussing the market. And, um, and you know, I suppose, yeah, it, it's the evolution of, of, of things here. And um, I can see why, why the um, folks at Dow Jones decided to make the switches that, what, that they made. Um, 
uh, you know, clearly we're an economy that's becoming, you know, very tech technology oriented. Um, uh, and those layers run deep and, uh, and that evolution is going to persist. So, um, you know, there's probably other, uh, potential victims in the Dow, say like a Walgreens, right. Which, you know, may not be in there, uh, much longer. I, you know, I'm just speculating, but, um, but you get these periodic changes. I don't think it makes a huge difference, really, uh, all things considered. And, uh, you know, it's really keen off the S&P 500 that, uh, that you know, investors should should be paying attention to as it relates to what, quote, the market is, is doing. Now, I start my morning every morning with your page one. I try to end it in the week. Sometimes I get to it a little bit on the weekend with your big picture. Um what do you what are you seeing right now that should kind of get us up to speed that brings your expertise into this? I'm seeing earnings on a lot of your reports as better than expected, and I'm a little surprised by that. Um, only because I went through the shutdown, kind of shut down, if that makes sense. So I didn't think they would be that good on the outside world or outside my bubble. Um, what are you working on in your big commentary? Yeah. So, well, you know, there's some earnings which which have clearly been, uh, you know, better than expected and just flat out good. I mean, Salesforce is, you know, today it's up 25 percent because they had a truly good earnings report. Right. To think that they could grow revenue 30 percent year over year uh, at, at, you know, at this particular time is is truly incredible. Um, A lot of the earnings have, uh, I think, are better characterized as simply better than feared. And analysts cut estimates so significantly because uh, there was just so much uncertainty, uh, in ge- you know, in general. But one thing that was certain is that things were, were going to be really bad in the second quarter. You know, coming into that reporting period, estimates, the consensus estimate called for, like, I believe, close to a 45 percent year over year decline in Q2 earnings. And right now we're tracking, you know, down closer to 32 percent. Right. That's obviously much better than feared, but in an absolute sense, it's terrible, right? So there's pockets of, you know, the market that are doing really well, um, small pockets. But again, it's a market that moves in in relative terms and and it's being, you know, flushed with liquidity and that momentum's carrying over whenever a company, you know, is reporting better than feared earnings. So, so that's one consideration. Uh, in terms of the big picture, well, I'm very curious to hear what <clears throat> Fed Chair Powell is going to say in his speech tomorrow on the, the monetary yeah. policy framework. Uh, and that is likely to be the focal point of the big picture um, uh, this week, although it's always subject to change in a dynamic market. And, you know, things happen and topics can change uh, pretty quickly. But uh, but I think that's been a focal point really for the market, an understated one for the market this week, which continues to push upward, uh, I think, supported by this notion that it's going to get some very accommodative uh, views shared by uh, by the Fed chair. Let's talk about that for just a second. As I oversimplify things for radio and television, one of the things I've said in the past few years is inflation's the boogeyman. I fear Freddy Krueger not at all, but I fear inflation quite a bit. Um, a financial planner that I have on the show on a regular basis recently said retirement's going to be more expensive because of COVID. And I was like, ugh, I used to think I only needed a million to four million in retirement. Now he's telling me I'm going to need more. 
Um, what's your thoughts on inflation and how the Federal Reserve, are they doing a good job? Um, are you worried by inflation? Is there some key insights that you could throw our way to help us explain it a little easier? Well, it's certainly uh, a, a crazy time when you stop to consider that the Fed seems now like it's getting ready to pivot to a pro-inflation type of framework, frankly, uh, versus the uh, Paul Volcker period where it was all about squashing inflation, right? And that invited a you know a multi-decade period of of uh, you know falling inflation and falling interest rates. So it does kind of alarm you in a sense that if if the Fed is um, going down this road, that it might be playing with fire. And several years from now, maybe that, you know, we're dealing with a lot higher in inflation. But, you know, to embrace something like an average inflation target, um, you know, I think financial planner you're referring to is probably right, unfortunately. You know, when you get inflation, um, you know, it's not a great thing for investors on fixed income. And lo and behold, we have a huge swath of baby boomers that are, you know, moving into their retirement years, um, you know, that'll be increasingly reliant on a fixed income and uh, and, and to kind of raise the cost of living or, or push a policy that forges a higher cost of living, perhaps uh, at this particular time, you know, that can hurt everyone unless you get, you know, stronger wage inflation to go along with it. So it's, it's an interesting approach. Um, the Fed has undershot its inflation target for many years already. And, um, you know, I, I guess I get why they're trying to embrace uh, this notion of average inflation targeting. But, um, but things very rarely fit neatly into a policy framework. They have good design, but the real world tends to kind of muddle the picture. Uh, and, uh, you know, you kind of uh, come to that conclusion oftentimes, you, you know, when it's too late. We've got less than two minutes. Is there any other tip-ins or follow-throughs that you want to finish up with, sir? Well, we're uh, obviously seeing a market that just continues to to hold up very well um you know the the trend has has been the friend i mean it's, it's a axiom that has kind of has paid you know handsome dividends here you know for anyone who stayed invested in the market um and i suppose you know one one thing we can kind of also take away from this just frenetic period we saw the huge sell-off in march and then the the subsequent huge rally up to record highs here is it again kind of proves you know, the virtue of, of uh, being patient for long-term invest, investing, right? So a long-term investor invested in the S&P 500 index came out ahead here by simply doing nothing through this period. Um, and it's just a fact. So it's difficult to ride out some of these volatile periods, but if you have a multi-year time horizon, you know, the market does tend to usually regroup, stabilize, and um, and recover, and, and patience can be a virtue. Thank you so much. Once again, great segment. As always, great segment. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. I think he provides a lot of color and a lot of insight. People should listen back to that segment because I think it's top-notch, all that in a bucket of chicken. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find Briefing.com, oddly enough, at Briefing.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing in more. Epic Games is going to release a new Fortnite season tomorrow, and it won't be on Apple's devices. A district judge, Yvonne Gonzalez-Rogers, ruling late Monday wasn't a total loss for Epic. 
as she kind of gave them a little bit of publishing leeway with their Unreal Technology Engine. We'll see how this one plays out. Anytime that you have a season launch, there's a lot of transactions. And if uh, I think Apple kind of still wants those, but they want them on their terms. And I think Epic wants them, but they want them on their terms. The two are not seeing eye to eye right now, and I think some money's going to get left on the table. Elsewhere, uh, McDonald's is investigating their CEO, their ex-CEO, for covering up for others. And this is all tied towards like a sex scandal and photos that got onto corporate servers. This sounds like an HR nightmare. <laughs> Just saying. I'm so thrilled that I've gotten over the phase of women drive me crazy in a good way. Now I'm just, it's all about me being crazy versus other people making me crazy. And I'm not saying anything negative towards women. I'm talking about hormonal issues and I'm trying to say something kind of sweet that I'm the problem, not them. In life, New Jersey gyms can open September 1. That's a big step out in the recovery. Um, as we're watching movie theaters, gyms, these are kind of like the, some of the last pieces and we're starting to see herd immunity seems to have been set up in Sweden, even though they did it so wrong that they killed a lot of their seniors in their old folks' homes. But the idea of let's just get it over with seems to be playing out okay in Sweden, minus the fact of how many people died that didn't have to die. They just weren't protected enough, maybe. Again, not my area of policy. SpaceX veterans pass a milestone in the self-flying plane race. Um, okay, let's talk about this for just a second. How good do you feel about that phrase, self-flying plane? We've heard stories about people falling asleep behind the wheel of a Tesla and Tesla driving them 600, 700 miles through a car chase with police. Silicon Valley has been hard at work at the autonomous cars, but some people have started getting um, a little bit of leeway ground going in self-flying planes for cargo. A company called Reliable Robotics isn't trying to invent a new kind of aircraft. The idea is to bring autonomous capability to existing planes, starting with smaller planes that ferry cargo. Every now and then you hear stories like there's a pilot shortage. Well, there's going to be a lot of pilots being employed in the next 60 days from American and Delta. And um, how many jobs do we want to wipe out with robots? It's a good question, right? I kind of think it's cool that your son can grow up to be a pilot. I don't know. That used to be kind of a thing in my childhood. And then I was like, you have to do math and have good eyesight. Screwed. I can't do that. I've got decent eyesight, but the uh, math on the fly and the algorithms and got to know north from south, east from west. Oftentimes, I'll point to the north and I'll say, Canada? Question mark. And then I'll point to the south and I'll go, Mexico? Question mark. Not that wise. Fitbit's got a new watch out. And typically, this would be one of those things where we laugh. We're like, ah, <laughs> Fitbit thinks they're going to compete with Apple. They actually are getting some buzz on their new Fitbit Sense. It's going to have an ECG, EKG in it an ECG, an electrocardiogram measurement. You place your thumb and forefinger in the top right and the lower left edge of the watch. And it's going to tell you if you got a fibrillation, a fibrillation or not. And it's a marquee feature for sure. 
because Apple's the only one who has it. Samsung's been approved for it, but they haven't turned it on yet on any of their watches. So they've got another thing inside Sense that's going to be measuring your skin's sweat. Even when you don't think you're sweating, you got a little bit of sweat on you. Imperceptible. And it's going to tell you if you're stressed or not. You start mixing that kind of data with the, e, the electrocardiogram, and maybe you get like, you're about to have a heart attack. You need to relax, dude. I, I, I like it. Is it what we want? Is it going in the right, is it what we want? No. Is it going in the right direction? Yes. Um, and I like the idea of more healthcare on our own body and not necessarily like whenever we get off our butt and go to the doctor. I don't go to the doctor all that often. Fortunately, I don't need to, I think. But last time I went, they did a, a measurement where they checked my oxygen levels in my blood. And it was a simple thing. It was just like literally a sensor that he touched my skin. I was like, that's new. What's that? So I like stuff like that, especially I think as I get a little bit older. Dick's Sporting Good had a blowout earnings report. Toll Brothers, a luxury home builder, they're up. They exceeded third quarter estimates on record net signed contracts. And they said strength was strong in August. Germany and France are pursuing new stimulus plans, which is good for you in the long, no, in the short term, in the long term, not so good. <clears throat> the pace of new coronavirus infections continues to drop, especially in some former hotspot states. Fed Chairman Powell can give a speech tomorrow that most think will be laced with accommodative undertones. What I've heard will rock the world. From what is being expected, we could see a big move on Wall Street. It sounds like they're setting up for potentially five years of no interest rate hikes based on blending of inflation. Now, that sounds almost too good to be true. And I'll say that. With that out there, though, it could happen. And just be ready for it. So Thursday, that's going to be a big story. New data on Moderna's vaccine shows promise in older adults. Gold pops 1% today, higher. A lot of positives. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Um, for the Moderna issue, we know that COVID is really bad for seniors and elderly. So to show some promise there is nice. We might need two or three rounds of vaccines. We might need different vaccines for different populations. That's the exciting thing with that kind of story. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. <laughs>